Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Industrial Inquiries podcast, where we explain about the ongoing and impactful industrial revolution. My name is Katrina. And I'm Chandler. Today, we started Episode 1, Technological Advancements, where we will look at some new technologies, interview some experts and creators, and look at the change in energy resources and how that has impacted us all. So I've heard there are so many new technologies that we've been creating during this revolution. Where should we start? Great question. Let's start with the steam engine, a marvel that made transportation much faster and drastically changed transportation and trade. Today, we've invited the famous James Watt, an engineer who made a new and improved steam engine. So, I've heard you've gained great fame for your new version of the steam engine, Watt. Can you tell me what exactly you invented which made the steam engine so much better? That is a great question. You see, the way the steam engine worked before is that they would heat the chamber up with items that create steam inside of it. They would then cool the chamber down to lessen the steam, causing movement of a piston that would cause wheels to turn and create energy. The problem was, this process would waste a lot of steam, as there was only so much room that could be taken up. What I did was add a second chamber. One would heat the steam, another would cool it. This allowed for a lot more steam to not go to waste, and created more energy. That is honestly amazing. Now I have one more question. As the inventor of this great machine, do you think this will spark any major improvements in the world, and what will change? Well, yes. I do think this will cause great change. The original use of the steam engine was for water pumps, where it didn't require constant use, so it was able to function well. What I've done allows for constant use without bad functioning. This means it can be used for things like transportation and producing items, as it can provide high energy for long periods of time. Thank you for your time, James Watt. Thank you for having me. And now a word from our sponsor, the typewriter. Are you tired of having to write things by hand all the time? So dreary and boring, right? Well, have I got the tool for you. Introducing the typewriter, this brand new invention that, through something called typing, will put letters on a paper with the push of a button. Here at Industrialism Inquiries, we adopted this new form of writing, and I'll tell you, making our overviews and sponsor scripts have never been easier. Get your typewriter today and join the hundreds typing now. Now, let's look at the energy resources which have shaped this revolution. Before, we used only wood as a fuel for cooking and boiling water. But now, there are many different resources that we have found to make use. That's right. And to answer some questions for us, I've invited a local miner to talk about this new resource called coal that's sweeping the globe. For legal protection, he has chosen to remain anonymous. So, sir, can you introduce us to a quick overview of how this coal is found and used? Yes. Well, I and my co-workers wake up early every morning, and we go to these mines underground which house ample deposits of coal in its rocks. We use our pickaxes and drills to extract them, and we put them in these carts here, which are connected to a rail that leads to the collecting areas. These areas make use of this coal by making it into a fuel used for powering factories and other steam-powered machines such as trains. Coal is even used as the new fuel to cook food. It's much more efficient than wood and has changed all our lives. How exciting! I myself am overjoyed to hear about such improving material. So, 
Other than coal, are there any other resources that are trending in this new time period? Ah, yes. There is also petroleum and natural gas. I actually have some friends who work in these plants. However, I've heard that it is a hard process to do, and although it is healthier than mining for coal. Very interesting. Well, this is all the time we have. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. We can now all agree that this industrial age has been an age of progress and improvement. All of these new innovations have obviously changed and impacted each and everyone's day-to-day -day lives, upgrading the way we human beings live. And that is all for episode one. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and make sure to stay tuned for episode two, Development of Labor Unions. Hello, viewers and listeners from around the globe. Today, we welcome you to the second episode of Industrialization Inquiries in our series about the current state of the Industrial Revolution. Today, we are going to be discussing the development of labor unions in the economy. Right. I'm your host, Carissa Schultz. And I'm your co-host, Eden Banks-Amonis. While we learn about labor unions today, we are going to call in the leader of the American Federation of Labor, Mr. Samuel Gompers. Hi, Samuel. Hello, Eden and Carissa. I'm so glad to join you today on industrialization inquiries. So, Mr. Gompers, can you tell us what factors led to the development of labor unions during this time period? Yes, of course. Throughout the course of industrialization right here in the U.S. of A., a lot of factory workers were getting tired of unfair working conditions and wages. So I started the American Feder Federation of Labor, one of the very first labor unions that would provide opportunities for workers to really try to get fair and humane working conditions. Labor unions really started because of the unsanitary conditions, long, inhumane working hours, and very little wages. Labor unions provided opportunities for workers to try and strike back for fair opportunities. Very fascinating. I know the AFL also tried to exclude unskilled laborers while focusing on skilled workers to really try and maximize labor force to become very diverse, especially with the large waves of immigration. That is right. A lot of farmers also striked against banks, monopolies, and other large businesses run by elitists because of unfair conditions. Mr. Gompers, what changes occurred because of the creation of labor unions and worker protests? There must have been some change that was initiated. Yes, a lot has improved. Because of how threatened the upper class felt from the formation of labor unions and strikes, they decided to put changes into action. For example, in 1877, there was a decrease in wages for railroad workers, causing them to strike back and destroy equipment. After a variety of strikes in all types of labor systems, factory owners decided to take better sanitation methods, raise wages, lower working hours, and give workers healthier foods, allowing a lot to change, even decreasing infant mortality rates. Wow, that is really amazing. Thank you for stopping in to talk to us today, Mr. Gompers. Yes, thank you for having me. Before we finish up today's episode of Industrialization Inquiries, let's have a word from our sponsor, the Model T Car by Mr. Henry Ford. 
are you tired of walking everywhere? Well, now you don't have to. Thanks to the Model T made by Henry Ford, this new automobile can take you anywhere and will cut down on the time you spend walking every day. The Model T automobile is set at an affordable price. Buy one now. Thank you to Model T for sponsoring this video. As we wrap up today's episode, let's go back to the original question we have been considering this whole series. Is the industrial age more about progress or profit? I would say, based on today's episode, it has been more about profit, as the elite did not care at all about the working conditions their workers had until they did not show up at all. Well, there you have it, folks. We want to thank you for joining us in today's episode of Industrialization Inquiries. I'm Eden Banks Williams. And I'm Carissa Schultz. We'll see you next time on Industrialization Inquiries. Thank you. Welcome to Episode 3 of Industrialization Inquiries. I'm Harini Narayanan. And I'm Kevin Hemingway. In this series' final episode, we will talk about the new economic systems from industrialization. The expansion of industrialization is currently the lost art of all humanity. The development of new economic systems has put the spotlight on communism. Definitely one of the more controversial topics, but it's also one of the most important. The beginning of communism starts with capitalism. Capitalism? Aren't capitalism and communism, like, polar opposites? Yes, they are, but it was the main reason that communism came to fruition. Communism first came to life from a man named Karl Marx, who believed capitalism was an inherently unstable system. What was this Marx guy thinking? Capitalism is one of the most popular economic systems right now. I know, but you have to know a thing or two about the economy. Marx wrote a book called The Communist Manifesto, which argued that capitalism would inevitably fall and would be replaced by socialism and later communism. The Communist Manifesto also called for a working-class revolt against capitalism. Why would the workers want to start a revolt against capitalism? Industrialization caused the workers to struggle, and many grew more as factory owners grew rich. They knew the factory workers would be angered by this, and they called for a revolt. I guess Karl... Marx was a pretty smart guy after all. Now, while the systems of society are changing, we're also seeing the systems of business changing. One idea that has been all the rage as of late is laissez-faire, a French phrase translating to leave alone. And guess what, people? We have the creator here with us today, Adam Smith. Hello. So, Smith, tell, tell us, what's been going on in your life as of late? Well, just recently, I published my new book, The Wealth of Nations, talking about my ideas on mercantilism and how I think we should have a feudal state. Also, I believe that we should allow businesses and consumers to make choices on their own accounts, since the government should be taking a greater vested in the economic system. That's a lot of faith in businessmen, expecting things to not get chaotic. It may seem so to some, but I believe that the invisible hand of the market will guide these people to make choices and take their place. I think these ideas are wonderful. Thank you for coming here today, and we hope to hear more from you. Thank you for having me. As you heard from Adam Smith, his idea of laissez-faire will lessen the impact of governments on the economy. And guess what, you businessmen out there? It'll let you pay less taxes. 
It will also let you make private investments, encouraging this industrialization era to make even more advancements. Now, a word from our sponsors. Have you ever woken up feeling refreshed just to realize you're running late for work? Now you could just get on your unstable, unsafe, penny-farting bicycle. Or you could hop on your new and improved Rover Safety Bicycle. This vehicle can get you anywhere you want with no injuries, never letting you be late again. The Rover Safety Bicycle. Get yours today from John Kemp Starley. Sadly, we have come to the end of this podcast. As it comes to a close, we'd like to address one final question. Was the industrial age more about progress or profit? I think the industrial age was actually about both progress and profit. Communism focused on the progress of the social classes. And the concepts of laissez-faire and free enterprise were about both progress and profit for both businessmen and workers. Well, with that final note, we'll be saying goodbye. I'm Caitlin Hemingway. And I'm Harini Narayanan. Thank you for tuning in to the final episode of Industrialization Inquiries.